This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's the 15th of April, and it's the ridiculously stupid four minutes past four in the morning. It's going to be another scorcher today, so let's undo an extra button, OK, altogether. Might as well enjoy it. Mind you, if you're in Los Angeles, I wouldn't like to imagine what the heat is like over there. Ant is over there with the other half in a hotel room. They're going for dinner. It's a bit early to go for dinner in Los Angeles, isn't it? 8pm at night is very early. Most people in Los Angeles, I mean, you know, the nightlife over there gets going. It's a bit like Gran Canaria. But about sort of 10, 11 o'clock, way past my bedtime, as you can well imagine. I hope you're enjoying it over there. Strange enough, my friend Helen is in Washington. And uh, she's loving every minute of it. But she didn't tell me what the weather was like. So let's find out what the weather's like, Ant, please. On the programme this morning, so as you heard uh, Darren say, I mean, I couldn't believe it either, that Sue Perkins gets the Top Gear death threats. This is on Twitter. And as you know, lots of people have been on Twitter and then they encounter the loonies, you know, the uh, the mental side, and you just delete them. You just... Or block. or so, It's as simple as that. You just go, click, they've gone. You know, and if they want to go and get another account out, you just block them again. It's so simple to do. And I don't know why Sue Perkins hasn't done it. Because it would be the simplest thing to do to just get rid of these people. I mean, it's not, it's not their fault they're simpletons. You know, they aren't even fans of anything. They've just jumped onto a bandwagon. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but they're so dumb. She's been offered the job. She's not been offered the job. I mean, I heard that Andy Pandy and Tigger had been offered it as well. So if they've got email accounts, perhaps they'd like to write to them as well. Uh, The Green Party have said they're going to ban rabbit hutches. Couldn't quite work out how that was going to be. Apparently, just free the animals, which is great. I I do love, I do love a good rabbit hutch. I don't, I don't see, the, see the point of them, actually. I think they just sleep in there. I don't think they actually stay in there, do they? I mean, perhaps they do. I don't like to think about it, actually, because on, on reflection, that might actually be a... That might be something that might come up in one of my conversations. If you've got a rabbit hutch, you would feed it through the bars. But the whole thing with rabbits is they're so nervous, you have to handle them on a regular basis. They're a bit like uh, hamsters and guinea pigs and stuff like that. You've got to handle them, because otherwise you can get a nasty nip, especially from a hamster. And rabbits as well, they're very nervous. So the more you handle them, the more they, they will become acclimatised to it. And they're, you know, they're generally quite, uh, quite good. You'll never buy another bag of supermarket salad after what I tell you this morning. There's a report on the people who have to pick it from the fields and uh, it makes gruesome reading. Gruesome reading. Uh, plus, uh, the footballer. It was in the papers yesterday, inhaling hippie crack. This stuff, you, you buy the little canisters and you put it into a balloon and they, like that, apparently. I've, I, know, I know it goes on. I've never done it because I'm not that stupid. And also, I'm far too tight to spend any money on things like that. But you see these canisters lying about all over the place. Literally, they're all over the place. And people do it. I mean, obviously, there's something missing in their life. Brains, I think. But there was the footballer the other day. And, you know, and they go, oh, he's a bit of a role model. No, he's not. He's a complete idiot. He's a complete idiot. You know, we, we, we knew he was stupid the other day when he obviously allowed himself to be filmed. Trouble with footballers is, you know, they might better kick a little bit of ball from here into there and earn 100000 a week or two hundred or 300000 a week, but their brains are in their rear end. That's where you roughly find them. This one here, he's no role model for anybody at all. You know, he's the sort of person you throw rotten eggs at on the street. Uh, Bonnie Langford has split from her husband 20 years. 20 years. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Very interesting. Just as she goes into EastEnders. And uh, I said exactly the same, or I'm going to say exactly the same, as uh, as Darren said about uh, Sean 
Stewart, uh, who said, how my dad, Rod, taught me to pull women. You don't know, I mean, what a waste of an article. How stupid. Hello, my dad's Rod Stewart. You know, or I've got money, would you like to come back to our big house? That's, that's, you know, that's it. End of story. You know, you don't think Rod Stewart is seriously trying to pretend that there's some art to pulling women if you're Rod Stewart. Hello, I'm Rod Stewart. I know you are. Would you like to come home? Yeah. <laughs> you know, end of story. Works for Barry Manilow. Why shouldn't it work for Rod Stewart? They both roughly look the same, except one's gay and one isn't. But anyway, that's Rod's business. And so Sean's got this this non-entity story here. And then and then everybody's rounded on this uh, Tory, Chamali Fernando, who sparked outrage by suggesting the mentally ill could wear wristbands to identify them. What a brilliant idea. I think it's absolutely br- It's not to identify them as mentally ill. It's to let somebody know, if they're involved in an accident, that they've got an illness. Makes perfect sense to me. I've got one for diabetes. So if I'm involved in an accident, people know that I've got insulin and stuff like that on me. So why shouldn't people who are mentally ill, who are on medication, wear something that can help them out? I mean, I don't think, it. you know, we walk down the street and they've got something round their neck, which is sort of bright pink going mentally ill. I don't think it's like that. I think it'll be something like a, just a bracelet. It wouldn't even be identifiable as something, but the, the people in authority and in hospitals would know exactly what it was. One critic said, because there's always a bit, bit of a thicko out there, who says it would take us back to the dark past of stigmatisation. You go to Austria, and Paul Hollingdale might have to correct me on this one, but when I was working in, uh, in Austria, um, blind people used to have a black armband with yellow circles on it, which signified that they were blind, so you didn't sort of walk into them. Makes perfect sense to me. Apparently it's 28 degrees in Los Angeles tomorrow. It's lovely, says Ant. But it's way too hot for you. It's abs- It was bad enough yesterday. Bad enough over here yesterday. And I don't think we even hit... What did we hit? 70 degrees or something? Whatever it was, it was vile. I mean, it's lovely to look at. And I went and got the car washed. And then I was going to go into Kingston to go and buy some shower gel. And in the end, I thought, you know, I can't be bothered. I can't be bothered. So I went back home again. And, and then I went off to buy some other bits and pieces. <laughs> I went to Poundland. <laughs> bit of a trek for me. Bit of a trek, but it's quite exciting. 28 degrees. Wait a minute, double it, add 30. 56, 86 degrees. You are having a laugh. I wouldn't, I'd be useless in that. I couldn't go outside, Ant. As you know, I'd be, I'd be sitting indoors going, it looks lovely, but I don't want to go out in it. It's like, you know, you, you go to Las Vegas and it is baking because you're in the middle of the desert. And it isn't till you walk outside of the hotel you realise that you've hit a wall of heat. You walk, and I promise you, it is like in your face. So all along the sidewalks in Vegas, there's people selling bottles of water for a dollar or whatever it happens to be. And everybody takes water. You don't walk up and down the strip without a bottle of water. In fact, the thing you do is you walk up up the strip, then you nip into a hotel because they're all beautifully air-conditioned. And in fact, whenever you go in a place that isn't air-conditioned, first thing I do in the hotel room in America, turn on the air-conditioning. Because you can't open the windows because they're worried you might throw yourself out of there. So um, I don't even know where you're staying, actually. Is it a posh hotel? Is it nice dinner or is it burgers? It'll be burgers, won't it? It'll be something. It's always burgers in America. But all their portions, Ant, as you know, are huge over there. They really are enormous. Percy Sledger's died age 73. I, you know, to be honest with you, I thought he was dead. I had no idea he was still alive. I thought he was one of those people who'd, who'd passed on a long time ago. But no... He's still going. He's still going, which is uh, which is interesting. Uh, also, the shopkeeper. She's she's uh, her mum's got a shop, and it sells ladies' clothes. And the shopkeeper, ca- uh, sorry, a shoplifter came in and pinched a pair of knickers, which was a quid. 
Now, as far as I'm concerned, it's not the fact that it's a pair of knickers worth a quid. It's the fact that they've thieved from you. If you're a, if you're a little shopkeeper and somebody thieves from you, it doesn't matter whether it's sweeties or anything, you've stolen that person's livelihood. And I think you deserve to hang. You know, I like to be sort of fairly fairly generous with my thoughts on this one. So what she does is she brings the shutters down because she's worried this woman's going to get aggressive. And uh, she sits on her until the police arrive. And the police arrive and then they just give her a caution and let her go. They go, oh, it's not worth it for a pound pair of knickers. You think, well, you, you wouldn't be saying that if they smashed the windows of your police car, would you? Goodness sake. The wish of everybody, every time I open up the newspapers, every day, my wish, and I'm sure it's your wish as well, is that David Beckham and his blooming family would stay in a bit more. You know, if you've not got him sitting out there with a photographer taking a picture of him and that blasted daughter of theirs, Harper Seven, she's not turning out to be a looker, is she? Anyway, and, um, and then you've got the sons at home. And then Victoria was doing pictures on Instagram the other day. Why don't you, I know you're publicity shy as a family, but for God's sake, why don't you stay in, do us all a favour? Every time David Beckham goes out, sneezes, wipes his nose, wipes his bottom, there's a picture of it in the paper. Who cares? Who cares? A finished footballer who advertises underpants. Hello? Hello, wake up, smell the coffee. The Frozen album sales. Let it go, let it go. I'm at one with the wind and sky, rain, whatever it is. It's fabulous. Sky, face, no. Sky, head, hair, wind and sky. Stars, wind and stars. Stars. Let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go. Let it go, let it go. <laughs> Can be the song that really gets on your nerves, doesn't it, after a while? It's on a sing-along album. There's an album advertised on the television, and it's so that when you're sitting in the car, there are songs you sing along to. And that one is, is the most irritating. I mean, I know the lyrics, you know. Snow glows white on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen. In the kingdom of isolation, and it looks like, make up the next line for yourself, the wind is howling like this, <laughs> swirling storm inside, couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I've tried. Bit of a Catholic gag there. And uh, then it goes on to, um, it's funny how some distance makes, I mean, it's, it's, you know, don't let them in, don't let them see. And then it goes, let it go, let it go. Can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to. We'll have to log this very shortly. Practically going into a into a sing along here. I do like it though. It is. It's there's something about that song. And the first time, I, a friend of mine hates it. Absolutely hates it. If I play it in the car, he gets really angry. So I play it in the car because I like people getting angry behind the wheel. And, uh, and the reason it's good is because it's got three or four key changes. It's got everything in it. It's got a bit where you, it gets going and then, and then it goes higher and then it gets better and stronger. And as you know, we interviewed Adina Menzel years ago for In Conversation when she first came to London to do Wicked. And uh, she came in and, of course, I'd seen Wicked numerous times because a friend of mine's the producer of the show. And, and it was fantastic. Little real... And she, I mean, because she's got such a big voice... In Wicked, and it's it's a super show. When she got this one, that was that sort of it. It kind of you know you go onto the internet and there's Edina Menzel's fabulous super song. I r- appreciate the fact that not everybody likes it, but I do like it. It is one of my favourite songs, and I do play it quite a bit. 
Quite a bit. Oh, Jim Davidson's opened his heart about his cocaine and how he used to take it in Stringfellows. He says, with Freddie Mercury and Kenny Everett. Well, who's interested in that? They're both dead. You know, I'd be more interested if Jim Davidson went, oh, and I did it with, and then named a, a load of current celebrities. I'd be more interested in that. But all we actually get is Jim Davidson, you know, talking about long-dead people who aren't here to defend themselves. I have no doubt that Kenny Everett, the most creative man in radio for, for decades, would have been on something. Let's face it, the Beatles wrote most of their best albums when they were high as kites. And I have no doubt at all that Freddie Mercury would have experimented with just about everything under the sun. But uh, no good telling us about dead people and things we know. Tell us about people we don't know. Makes it far more interesting, doesn't it? Uh, time check. It's quarter past four. This is LBC. Only on LBC. With Nick this morning, the Lib Dems and UKIP are joining the club and releasing their manifestos today. The Education Minister, David Laws, joins Nick to talk about his parties. Also, Labour are launching their women's manifesto. What do you think? Is that needed or simply just patronising? That's Nick and the team at seven. Looking at the papers today, Miles Goslett, the freelance journalist. Um, very interesting. Yesterday I was talking, you remember, about Hillary Clinton, who's gone off on the campaign trail. And, uh, and I said, I didn't think, I didn't believe a word she ever said. Strange enough, one of our papers almost copied word for word in their editorial about Hillary Clinton, saying she's awkward, she's not believable. And she seems extremely patronising. She seems to look down her nose at people. They keep telling you, don't they? And we're getting it over here now, as in America. I'm for America. You know, I want America to be great. What do you think Obama's been doing, you silly woman? What do you think he's been doing? You think he's deliberately trying to bring the country down? It's like, over here, we've got lots of the, of the politicians going, don't worry, because it's going to be really great. We're going to make this country big. And I said, they'll be telling you anything you want to hear at the moment. You know, if they could post three dozen chocolate eggs through your letterbox, if they thought they were going to get the vote, they'd post three dozen eggs. Unfortunately, all the other stuff is just hot air. You know, it's lovely to hear, isn't it? We're going to have thousands more nurses in the NHS. We're going to have lots more police on the streets. In fact, actually, that's the only one we haven't heard so far. But we've heard nurses and the NHS is going to be great. Whereas we all know it's being decimated at the moment by the overseas tourists coming in and taking full advantage. They've quickly thrown something in, which is we're going to be checking their passports. You wait and see how long that lasts. About two minutes. They'll never get it through. And the nurses, where are they coming from? There aren't any nurses. There are no nurses. It's a pipe dream. It's Christmas cracker stuff. It's, it's La La Land. It's fairy dust. It's Father Christmas. It's the tooth fairy. It's just not believable. None of it. But they'll tell you anything you want to hear. This country's going to be great. We're going to rise up and it's going to be fantastic. And, and we're all going to be sort of, you know, dancing around in green meadows and eating superfood and having steak every day. It's rubbish. It's rubbish. They will tell you anything. All they want to do is get it. Once they're in, then they can go, right, here we embark on our 30-year plan. Most of us are going to be dead. Unless they can do it either in the next few years, I'm not going to be around. I want to make sure. But at the moment, I don't have any problems. You know, I don't, all these people who go... There was a, a television programme the other day, and I think it was 8 out of 10 cats, and there's a very good comedian on there whose name I can't remember. It could be Sean. Could be Sean somebody. I can't remember who it is. But anyway, uh, they were looking at events for a particular year, and the top event was Margaret Thatcher dying. And uh, he was quite clearly anti-Margaret Thatcher. You know, there are lots of anti-Margaret Thatcher. On the other hand, you know, she was extremely successful. Whether you liked her or not, you know, it was like at the funeral, people turned their back on. You know, you think, you're so stupid, aren't you? How dumb do you have to be? Margaret Thatcher, who was working class. You know, her father was a greengrocer. You know, she worked her way up through it. You know, she did whatever. It didn't matter whether she was for women, you know, whether she was for men. 
what she did, she, she kept Labour out of power. You know, as, as they used to say at the time, they said, for Labour to lose one election, OK, fair enough. To lose two, well, you know, you're kind of getting worried. To lose three, really, that shows shambles, absolute shambles. And so the, this particular comedian on the television, Sean, uh, he said, oh, that was a great day when Margaret Thatcher died. And I thought, what a funny thing to say on a so-called comedy programme. Why is it, why is it, you know, unless somebody's a mass murderer... Why would it be a great day when somebody dies? He said, I went down the motorway, he said, I was going to a gig in Yeovil. He said, and I saw a guy coming the other way and he punched the air, you know, through the roof of the car going, yeah. He said, I didn't have the radio on. And I thought, that's just an old showbiz story, isn't it? You didn't see a man driving down the motorway punching the air. It might have been his wife had just given birth. You have no idea. But he sort of, he turned it round to make it look as though, you know, the whole country was also anti-Margaret Thatcher. Which, of course, it wasn't, because they kept voting for her. But this time round, who are they going to vote for? I don't know. Who are you going to vote for? I have no idea. Not up to me to decide. It's up to you to decide who you want to vote for. Once you've listened to all the old toffee that comes out, everything, everything that you hear between now and the election, you have to take with a very big pinch of salt. It's very nice to believe that the NHS, miraculously, on whoever walks into Downing Street, is going to be turned around in 24 hours and magically, all new curtains in the wards, all new equipment, all new nurses speaking English, you know, all the new doctors coming in speaking English, you know, loads of other people all coming in Then the NHS is going to be the big success. It's not. It's not going to happen. You know it's not going to happen. I know it's not going to happen. And so when you get them saying in the, in the, in the papers, one of them today... There's going to be a huge boost to ordinary workers. I'm an ordinary worker. What, what huge boost am I going to get? Apparently no tax on the lowest paid. Free 30 hours of childcare. Where is this coming from? Where is it coming from? Who are these people who are going to be giving childcare for free? Who are they? Where are they? You have to write this great to put up all these things on a blackboard. It's like a wish list. What would be your wish list? My wish list would be that I could lose weight overnight and that, you know, my bank account would be... Well, actually, my bank account's OK. But, you know, that you'd have sort of... I could change the car tomorrow. I can change the car tomorrow. You know, or I don't know. I can't, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. You know, that all of a sudden all my hanging baskets would do themselves and stuff like that. Just simple little things. But it's not going to happen. You know, you've got to make it happen. How many more years do we have to go on? We're all going to be grey and in our graves by the time after this stuff comes about, aren't we? Because it's just just not going to be there. Not going to be there. And so every time you look at the papers, you think, but, you know, where is this? Where is this pipe dream coming from? You know, I want something a little bit more concrete. And at the moment, I don't appear to be getting it. It's a, it's a shame, really. I will bring you that story later on about the uh, the guy who broke into the school with his friends... And he fell through a roof. They dared him to uh, to jump on a skylight. And he did. And he fell through the skylight. And um, he was taken to hospital. He's brain damaged. Uh, he'll probably never walk again. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the same as I was thinking when I first heard it. That, you know, well, what was he doing up there in the first place? I'm sorry. If, you, if somebody climbs onto the roof of your house and it turns out not to be very safe and they fall through... That's their problem. Nothing to do with me. Anyway, he plunged 15 feet onto a concrete floor. He'd broken in to this tuck shop at a business and language college in Newcastle under Lyme. And he spent two weeks in a coma. Doctors removed half his skull and repaired it like a jigsaw. So he's had all this free treatment for something that was self-inflicted. He did it. He did it. But anyway, his parents sued Staffordshire County Council, who owned the land, claiming it should have done more to protect Thomas, despite him trespassing. 
You're having a laugh. You're having a giraffe. You must be. Your son, the tea leaf, climbs up on the roof, jumps onto a skylight and and falls through it onto a floor 15 feet below. Dumbo. Goes to hospital, gets free treatment. He's in there, he's in a coma. They repair his skull, they do everything for him. And then the parents decide to sue the council because they didn't do enough to protect their son. So took it to court. The court decided differently. The court, you know, (laughs) have said, no, 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 no. You will pay the lawyer's bills. And it's about £150,000. And they're going, sorry? They go, you'll be paying the bills. You've lost the case. She says, it's come as a bit of a shock. We were disappointed with the ruling. Thomas had not been the same since. Of course he hadn't. He was breaking into a college. I mean, what do you expect? Sad though it is that your son will probably never walk again. His legal team argued that the roof was not properly secure and the college and council had ignored a continuing problem of trespassers. Oh, right. So because your son's a thieving little tea leaf, we're supposed to be, oh, that's okay. we will pay for everything. You've had the free treatment. What more do you want? Ridiculous. Detective said the CCTV uh, showed youngsters egging each other on. Doctors told Thomas he may never walk or talk again, but he's defied the odds to make a recovery. He's uh, only the third patient in the country to undergo a revolutionary neurosurgical procedure. So, in other words, I mean, God knows how much that cost. I tell you what, Thomas's mum, would you like to pay for the NHS treatment? I'm not really happy that a tea leaf is taking treatment that could go to somebody who really deserves it, as opposed to somebody who was breaking in to steal things. I'm sorry. Sorry about, you know, the, the tragedy that's befallen him. But, dear God in heaven, even you can't have thought you were going to win that one. Blimey. I mean, it gets a bit bad, doesn't it, in this country, where you get somebody, a thief who breaks in. I couldn't care less whether he's with other people or whatever. He breaks in and then he falls through the uh, through the, the skylight. Your own fault. Shouldn't have been up there in the first place. Most sensible, normal people who don't go around thieving wouldn't fall in. Now, unfortunately, he did. But he got all that free... I bet that was worth quite a few thousand pounds on the NHS. This, uh, this revolutionary treatment which he's uh, received. It's great. He's had it. Didn't, did they send you a bill? No. I think there should be some sort of thing you have to sign. So wait a minute, how is this inflicted? Oh, he was trespassing on school property. He didn't. Oh, was he a, a student there? No, he was just trying to break in to, to nick from the tuck shop there. All oh, right, I'm terribly sorry. Would you like to go and wait outside? Did you have a credit card? That's how it should be. That's how it should be. Ridiculous, isn't it? Honestly, things people go for in this country now. Small wonder we're in the state we're in. Although I think it's pretty good, but there again, I don't climb about on school roofs. Um, the most expensive beach hut in the country. This one you've heard talked about. Somebody's dug down. <coughs> or they want to be dug down, I think. And uh, and because the, the council have said... Well, I don't know whether the council have said no or the uh, the, the neighbours are not very happy. This uh, this peculiar woman uh, called Zipporah Liesel Mainwaring... Zipporah Liesel Mainwaring... Uh, has painted it in candy stripes, which, to be honest with you, I don't think it's... You know, if that's, you know, if that's what she wants to do, that's, I couldn't care less. Looks quite nice, actually. Couldn't care less what the neighbours think. They can always sell up and move. Looks okay to me. Looks okay. You know, she might or might not get the planning permission, but it looks all right. It's worth about 15 million quid. She's quite clearly one of those, you know, as she's sort of Lisa Mainwaring. Or could be Mannering, actually. It might be pronounced Mannering. I'm not too sure. And uh, so she's now got the stripes on the house. Looks lovely. Looks like a cheap, uh, cheap place. There you go. You've devalued it from 15 million. It's 4.30. An LBC. 
Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to five. Wednesday, the 15th of April. I said yesterday and the day before, this month is rocketing through. I mean, it really is. At the moment, we seem to be jetting through the days as fast as we can. Uh, Jen says, I disagree with the idea of wristbands for mentally ill people. Not all take medicine. No, but lots of people do. Lots of people do. And also, it doesn't have to say mentally ill in big, you know, black letters on a piece of pink plastic or something like that. It could just be something like on my on my diabetic thing. It doesn't say anything. It just says diabetic. And it's got my, my blood type and things like that on there. That's, that's, that's all it is. And sometimes it doesn't even have to be sort of visible. You don't have to wear it as a wristband. It can go round your neck as a, as a piece of jewellery. But I think it's there. She said, some rely on talking therapy for treatment. Yeah, but I think people should be aware of somebody. It's like if somebody's epileptic. Katie Hopkins is epileptic. Now, whether or not she wears um, a band to tell people she's epileptic, I don't know. Would you know how to deal with somebody who is epileptic? No. I shouldn't think you probably do. Uh, Until we can trust that stupid people with small minds won't act stupidly around those with mentally ill wristbands. It doesn't have to be a wristband, Jen. It can just be something around the neck. It wouldn't be visible. It wouldn't be visible. It's like somebody with no hair. You know, you think to yourself, oh, chemo. But you don't behave any differently around them, do you? So I don't think people are looking out for wristbands saying, oh, mentally ill. It doesn't work like that. I did write to a friend of mine the other day. Uh, who's who's not not very generous towards me, it has to be said, because I did say there's this fantastic item which has come up for auction. You know what it is? It's a deck chair from the Titanic. It's a deck chair from the Titanic. I had to repeat it twice to myself yesterday to realise that it's a deck chair from the Titanic. It is, you know, a piece of iconic history. There's no two ways about it. We don't know what it's going to fetch, at auction, we've got no idea. It could go, you know, 50,000, 100,000. could go to anything at all. So I wrote to this friend saying, would you like to buy me this deck chair? And he wrote back and said, how much do you think it's going to go for? I said, well, it could go for 100,000. He wrote back, because I know what he does for a living, saying, uh, how much do you think we earn? And uh, I thought that was a bit mean. A deck chair from the Titanic. I mean, that would be the ultimate present, wouldn't it? That really would be. And so then, then I decided to wrote, write, wrote, <laughs> I decided to write to another friend of mine. And, uh, and I, I wrote, uh, I said, go on, buy me the deck chair from the Titanic, pretty please. And she wrote back, for a moment, I thought you were referring to my current experience alongside my coder, because I wrote to Susanna Reid. And uh, so I wrote back, uh, <laughs> defo no, defo no. <laughs> Because apparently he's actually doing quite well. Piers Morgan is actually doing quite well. So the only advice I would give would be to Ben Shepherd to get back there as quick as possible because we all know that uh, the poor old Drears is looking for a job. He doesn't actually have a job at the moment ever since he was dropped from America. So he's looking for a job in this country. Whether or not he'd be the one to watch, he's, he's, he's a bit too... He's a bit too sort of posh. It's funny, actually, when you consider he was the editor of The Mirror. He's actually quite snooty, really. And terribly, terribly, like that. You know, he's a bit, he's a bit sort of like that uh, Brian Ferry bloke. The one brought up on a council estate who's now sort of decided that he's sort of middle, middle and upper class. Hence giving his children all these crackpot names. 84850, steve at uk. We shall uh, put everything in on the programme. Noreen is off today. Well, she said sad news about Percy Sledge. To be honest with you, I, I did think he was dead already. I had no idea he was still alive. When I read it, and, and then I thought, no, that was Otis Redding, wasn't it? But anyway, um, I think the whole country will feel very proud, she says, of Lance Corporal Leakey, who was presented with the Victoria Cross by the Queen. Says in the paper today, she said, uh, we don't give many of these out. 
you know, not, not generally to people who are alive. And uh, she said it makes you feel very patriotic. Yes, I think that's, that's the one thing that we're good at in this country. We're good at, we're good at patriotism. Excited? Tonight she's off to see Billy J. Kramer. Also the Mersey Beats, the new Amen Corner. P.P. Arnold and Chris Farlow, who's meant to be on, but he's still unwell. But they've seen him loads of times. I saw Billy in 63 with the Beatles. Noreen says, I was in my pram, quite obviously. (laughs) Why do I not believe that? Why do I not believe that? Have you noticed that uh, there's a dozen British jihadists held in Syrian jails by Islamic State because they want to return home to the UK? Did you read this story earlier on? They're among 40 foreign fighters suspected of having a, chant, a change of heart or caught trying to flee frontline combat. It's understood some of the British fighters were sickened by the level of violence used against prisoners, including public executions and torture. Really? What, they hadn't seen the images on the television? Hello, how stupid you have to be. You hadn't seen them? You hadn't seen that gay man being thrown off the top of a building? You hadn't seen that? It took you to go out there to realise they really do do it and it's not kind of mocked up? Good heavens above. How dumb do you have to be? I can't believe some of these people are actually professing to be British. It's all uh, it's all terribly tedious. So they're out there and they want to come back. Of course they do. Of course they do. I don't think we want them back, though, do we? I don't want anybody back who's been out there at all. Um, I had some chocolate the other day. Some friends of mine bought me this chocolate. Now, I don't want to be rude about it, but it was the most awful chocolate I've ever had. And I tried it on a few people and they... I don't know why they bought me chocolate... But it was it was very nice. And so uh, three of them, Elliot, Josh and Jez, went to Shoreditch and they got this bar of chocolate made by a chocolatier and they watched it being made. And it was black truffle and sea salt. And it was horrid. <laughs> I tried it yesterday because Elliot had said to me, have you tried the chocolate? I said, no, I haven't yet, but I'll, I'll try it yesterday. So yesterday was the test period for eating a piece of the chocolate. And I tried it, and I didn't like it. And I noticed that Darren had it sitting on his desk outside. As he picked up on it, it must have done the rounds of the floor. Did he try it? He didn't like it either. Lindsay tried it, I know. In fact, uh, Jim tried it, Joanne tried it, everybody's tried it. Oh, did you not? You won't like it. It's, it's, it's chocolate with salt. It's... No, I mean, it's, it, it, really, it really, I mean, I feel a bit guilty because it probably costs them, you know, a little bit of money. It's not obvious, a, too, too cheap a bar of chocolate, but uh, I'd rather have had Cadbury's fruit and nut because it really, I tried it and I gave it to a friend of mine, Jim, who generally eats most, like a human dustbin. And we, we tried and he went, oh, he said, you can taste the black truffle. Oh, can you? I thought that, that was a bit arty. I could taste the salt but I couldn't taste the black truck. I didn't like it either way. And so it's been sitting on the desk. And, of course, people see chocolate and go, oh, chocolate. And then they try it. They go, oh, <laughs> it's not quite... Perhaps they like it. I don't know. I mean, I, I do feel a bit, a bit guilty about sort of rejecting a gift. I don't generally like rejecting gifts. I'm generally quite, uh, quite good about things like that. Uh, Phil says, well, I'd be denied treatment in A&E's. I don't have a passport. Uh, no, there, there is... Um, this is um, this is people coming from from abroad, and so they want to see your passport. If you're British, then you'll have a, an NHS number. If you've been treated before, I've got an NH, uh, NHS uh, number. In fact, because I've got to cancel an appointment, I've got two this week, both for the same thing. I've got one hospital today for eye test, and then I've got another another test uh, on Friday at a different hospital for. 
for the eye test again, but I thought they'd given me the all clear on the eyes. Anyway, oh, I've just had a message from Jez. He's not happy now. He's got no more chocolate. It was horrid. <laughs> I dare you to try it, if it's still out there, unless, da- unless Darren's taken it home. No, seriously, Jez, I mean, I, w- I wasn't sure. Perhaps it might have been one of your favourite chocolates. But, you know, sea salt and black truffle. Was kind of a bit naff. You know, I mean, did they not have orange cream or something like that? Or strawberry cream? That would have been nice. Anything would have been nicer than this one. And I'm sure it cost, you know, probably a couple of pounds or something like that. And you're probably paying for it on instalments, but it was really horrid. I sort of, I didn't really know. Because, you know, sometimes you eat something, you think, oh, I'll I'll be polite to the people who've given it to me. Because I don't want to appear ungrateful. And I'm not ungrateful at all. It's just it was horrid. But the trouble is, I'm not alone in it because the entire office has tried it and nobody likes it. Nobody likes it. Uh, Mark says, I'm on my way to Luton Airport from Aylesbury with my dad, Martin, for a week and a half at my apartment in in Spain. In Is it Moira? Moira? Sounds delightful. On your way to Luton. Good God, honestly. Can't you afford to fly from a proper airport? <laughs> uh, Dell says it's very well documented that the great Freddie Mercury held lavish parties where drugs were on the menu oh I think in that period of time drugs were on the menu for loads of people I was very lucky drugs never infiltrated my life by the time I was sort of of the right age to try drugs I wasn't earning any money so there was no point in, in even I wouldn't even have been interested I didn't start drinking till I was gone 18 I never had alcohol till I was gone 18 no, only because I didn't like the taste of it so it's not just chocolate I don't like the taste of with, with salt and black truffle. I bet he thought, the funny thing is, because the, the bloke who bought it for me, he's actually quite sort of council. And he's just driven off the road now. And uh, he, he probably thinks that black truffle and sea salt is what us posh people eat all the time. Whereas, in fact, we don't. So I, but I, I didn't like to be rude, but I did try it yesterday. I mean, I did, I did make an effort. Sean Locke. Says Milkman Mark. That's the one it is. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you. Uh, Nikki says there might even be patients speaking English. Don't be silly. What, in the NHS? I don't think so. Uh, rearmbands. I've always been against tattoos, but if you must have one, why don't you have your blood group tattooed on your arm? <laughs> 84850. Steve at uk, And uh, and then Robin Luton. Poor soul. He's still there. He's obviously not working. He's just sort of waiting for the benefit office to open. He said, it's funny you slagging Beckham, but if he agreed to do that in-conversation thing, I don't listen, we'd have to surgically remove you. I wouldn't be remotely... Why would I be remotely interested in talking to David Beckham? It's only little numpties like you that don't have any friends that you sort of... You you probably think he's a celebrity, don't you? You probably think he's a celebrity. I've known the Beckhams for years, actually, Rob. It's a shame, actually. Actually, I'll tell you what, there was something I was going to do to you, actually. just realised I forgot about doing it last time round. I've suddenly realised that, you know, if you... I think perhaps we, we need to get you one of those wristbands or something like that going from Luton. It's still there. It's still there. There's still this this bar... Right, it's, it's black... Tr- read on the back. It says black truffle, and I think it says sea salt. Black truffle, cocoa, cane sugar, black truffles... And sea salt. Go on. I mean, now, I, I generally like chocolate, but that, as I say, it's not... Do- Even Darren didn't want to take it home. Lime and chilli. Well, that sounds quite... Well, try, you might like this. Here we go. I, I, I like a taste test on the programme. I had to do... <laughs> oh, you like it? Do you like it? No. The aftertaste is horrible, isn't it? <laughs> Perhaps we should give it back to them today. We'll rewrap it. It's horrid, isn't it? Everybody does exactly the same. They go, mm. 
Yeah, it's not a good aftertaste. No. First, and then it's sort of... It's odd, that, isn't it? I think chocolate should taste of... Chocolate and nice things. See, lime and... Lime and what did you have? Lime and... Lime and chilli. Mmm, lime and chilli. So that, that probably works quite well, because the sharpness of the lime would probably offset the chilli bit. But this, the sea salt and black truffle. Bacon. Oh, no. I'm sorry, chocolate. No, it's ridiculous. Chocolate is chocolate. It should just contain cocoa powder. And maybe strawberry or peach or something like that. But uh, that that one is not. But obviously, because he he thinks I'm well-to-do and posh, he probably thinks I eat that stuff all the time. You know, black truffles we have all the time in Twickenham. Not. 84850, steve at uk, And we will weave everything in. Wait a minute. Let me just, um, just do this one here and there and there and that. There you go feel a lot better now, actually. So much easier. Especially after uh, Sue Perkins on the front page of the paper today, who received death threats from online trolls after being linked with Jeremy Clarkson's Top Gear job. She's already told people. I mean, perhaps they're a bit simple. She has told people she hasn't got the job. She's not been approached. She's not, you know, nothing at all. Shane says, early start this morning, driving staff trains around a deserted network. It's fun, really. It's like having your own giant train set. I bet it is, actually. And, um... Ian says, thank you for alerting us about these laughing gas tubes. I've seen them. I thought they were to make soda water. Yeah, that's what they look like, don't they? But they're not. And you'll see them everywhere. You'll see them absolutely everywhere. They're all over the place. Uh, Generally outside uh, clubs or bars or things like that, you'll find them uh, all over. 84850, steve at uk. And uh, Carl says, oh, we could take a break, haven't we? Good look, I'm running over time. I did that yesterday. Need to what? We need to get some water. He really hated the chocolate, Jez. It's uh, 14 to 5. This is LBC. LBC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 12 minutes to uh, 5. Teresa said, is the chocolate suitable for diabetics? No, we don't do diabetic chocolate. No, 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 no. No, I wouldn't recommend diabetic chocolate to anybody. Diabetic or otherwise, it's horrible. It really is horrible. It's 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 got it acts like a laxative. Uh, it can have some very nasty side effects. No, you should, if you're a diabetic, you can eat normal things. You don't have to eat something that says for diabetics. You know, you you, you can eat normal stuff, and it, you know. So all they say is you do it in moderation. You don't have to cut everything out if you're a diabetic. You know, there's things I eat. I know what makes me ill. I know what. Sadly, Indian food makes me ill. Indian food, isn't that funny? And I think it's because of all the sauce. They've always said, if you're going to go to an Indian restaurant, make sure it's something dry so it doesn't come in a sauce. Because it's the sauces that contain the sugars or ghee or something like that which triggers it off. And for me, I can get really quite ill on it. Even Chinese food. I've got to be very careful on Chinese food. I've only got to have, you know, a portion of crispy beef and I'm up on the ceiling with a feather duster. It's just the way that it, it, it affects people, actually. Uh, apparently... Uh, Dean says, Obani is the best truffle oil in the world, but a 250 millilitre bottle will set you back £32. Grief. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? It's it's funny, actually, I just don't understand. And I I don't understand why, you know, people want to add all these things to chocolate. The producer was saying he'd had chocolate with bacon in it. I mean, I'm sorry, chocolate is chocolate. You know, it should just have chocolate and sweet things. It It was so precious at one time. People used to keep it locked up. But I remember going, when we went to Winter Wonderland this year, crowd of us went, a crowd of us went, large, yes, <laughs> just, <laughs> and, and they did hot chocolate, but with brandy in it. That's very nice. And so we were having that. When I went the year before, there was about 
eight of us went up to Winter Wonderland, and uh, we had a riotous time. I, I can't go on any rides that swing side to side. I'm not very good at swinging rides. I don't mind going on a roller coaster, and there's a couple of good ones up there, but there's anything that swings backwards and forwards, no thank you. Pirate ships, keep them. Um, but we did have the hot chocolate, which was delicious, with with brandy in it. <laughs> I felt like a bit of a lush. And that's about as far as it goes. I try not to try not to get too carried away with these uh, with these things. Peter says, uh, I've been up all night with toothache. Oh, painful. Very painful. He says, I'm waiting for the dentist to open, hoping they have an emergency appointment. Ooh, toothache. That'll be an abscess. That's what causes toothache. And they'll either drain it. Well, in fact, they, they probably will will drain it. I should be like, oh, the pain. Oh, can't even imagine how you must be suffering. Carl says, epilepsy is not an easy thing to go through life with. People's ignorance is the problem. Well, that's, that's what I was saying earlier on, that uh, Katie Hopkins, the much-adored Katie Hopkins by so many of you, uh, she's epileptic. And every so often when she's sleeping, she dislocates her shoulder. She has to go into hospital about every 10 days to get it sort of put back in again. See, people, people now be saying, well, she deserves it for writing all that bile. But they all do it. Every single columnist writes it because they're trying to write something that's going to get you going. And that's what's interesting about it. The same picture in the paper of uh, David the Boar Beckham uh, appeared yesterday. Today we've got the colour version of him feeding his daughter. Why don't you just stay at home, David? Feed her at home. Don't feed her out with a photographer. Because I do not believe, I'm afraid, that photographers are following you around all the time. I believe it's all... It's all carefully orchestrated to make it look as though, oh, they've just bumped into David Beckham sitting on the street feeding his daughter. You know, because you you don't see many pictures of Davy Boy Beckham out with the wife, do you? Because it's almost separate lives. Uh, Here's the motorist, Sean Worthington, 29. A bit stupid. He'd just come out of a speed awareness course. You know the speed awareness courses? Where you go in there, you can only do it once. You can only do it once. And... You go there if you've been caught speeding only within a certain, you know, frame of speeding. So, in other words, if you were doing 45 in a in a 30, you might not qualify for the speed awareness course. It's for people who are just a little bit over, but they want to do it. So you go and sit in a room with a load of other people who also have been nicked, and you do a speed awareness course. And the whole idea it is meant to, meant to teach you that you should be driving better. You should be driving better. So this bloke, Sean Worthington, 29 has been killed in a car crash on his way back from a speed awareness course. Why? Why would you think? He was texting at the wheel. He was texting at the wheel of his uh, Audi. He hit an oncoming truck after veering in the opposite lane. And the reason they know he was texting is because the text was sent at exactly the same time as the crash occurred. You know, I mean, the stupid and the stupid which now affects a lot of other people. You know, he'd done this speed awareness course. He'd done a 12-hour night shift at a pet food factory. Seems a bit odd, you know, but it doesn't, it doesn't alter the fact that uh, the camera captured the time of the crash at 1.04pm, same time as his text was sent as he drove in East Yorkshire in November. The truck driver told police at the scene he tried to swerve to avoid the Audi but couldn't avoid the crash. There you go. So now one person dead... And he'd been on a speed awareness course. Why? Because he was sitting at the wheel with his telephone and he was texting. And that's the one thing they don't like. That's the one thing you should never do. You should never text at the wheel. But I see it constantly. You probably see it all the time. I see it. I mean, I could drive down the motorway today. 
But I've just realised I can't drive down the motorway today because I've got to go for my eye test. And after you've had the eye test, well, before the eye test, they put these drops in to enlarge your pupils. And then you can't, you can't drive. Chocolate with Baileys, says Moni. You see, that seems more sensible. That seems more sensible. Chocolate with Baileys. Sounds quite nice. I used to like that Fry's chocolate cream, which the, the bar had all different shapes on it. And it was a different, a different filling under each one. <laughs> you see, simple taste, simple person. Um, or failing that, my um, my delicious donut chocolates that I bring in occasionally. I mean, even the boss, who's on a diet and goes to the gym and everything, even he couldn't resist them because they are they are particularly delicious. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. More of your texts and emails on the subject of chocolate. Uh, Paul writes to us from Manchesterford. And, uh, and says, I went to a certain well-known upmarket department store in Manchesterford and they were doing taste tests. So I sampled sea salt and chilli. Took my mouth three hours to recover. <laughs> well, that's the same with this bar of chocolate. They're going to be in such a bad mood later on when they turn up. Uh, anyway, he says, my favourite bar at the moment is Cadbury's Dairy Milk with Oreo biscuit mixed in. To be honest, it's just like Tiffin. As for Top Gear, surely... It's got Peter Andre and toss, toss his name all over it. I mean, look what he did for 60 minute uh, makeover. Thank you. Yes, I mean, he, he managed to reduce that programme to zero. Actually, there is a programme coming up with, uh, with Peter Andre. We haven't heard from Peter Andre for a while, have we? That's a blessing. And uh, he's not turned up on any programme, but there was a piece that was in one of the papers. And they were saying, oh, Peter Andre is going to be in this, in this television programme. Oh, God, really? That's a bit dreary, isn't it? A little bit disappointing. We were hoping that they're going to give us somebody else. Oh, I must tell you the story a bit later on as well about um, about the steam collection that Pete Waterman has. The lovely Pete Waterman. Uh, he, he collects steam trains. He's got some really, really nice steam trains. Uh, there's a picture of uh, Colleen, Britain's most straight-talking problem page, but they shove her on a page 39, so obviously not that straight-talking and obviously not that interesting. Uh, and it's uh, a new programme on the television. It's called Give a Pet a Home. <sighs> I'm not sure if Colleen is the pet in this one. It's difficult to tell. And so... Here you go. I told you. What did I say to you the other day about the RSPCA? They won't do anything about a talking dog on a television programme, you know, because they didn't see it, so they have to study the footage. And yet, you know, give them a television camera and here they go again. This time, it's, um, it's time to rehome animals. Some of the mistreated and abandoned animals who arrive at the Newbrook Farm Animal Centre in Birmingham. Those taking part include, here we go, Julian Clary... We used to have Fanny the Wonder Dog. Kimberly Wyatt. I mean, you know, like, you think Kimberly Wyatt, you think pets. Uh, Denise Lewis. Chris Kamara, who's a sports commentator. I've never even heard of him. Uh, and Peter Andre and Colleen Nolan. Apparently they've been thrown into the deep end. Chris will be mucking out horses. Peter Andre and Julian have been working with dogs. Colleen fulfils her lifelong dream to sing. Oh, sorry, of being a vet... By helping out in the hospital, Denise has been feeding rabbits and Kimberly's been turning a hand to small animals, including ferrets. And that's just about it. I mean, quite clear. I mean, the, the, the funny thing is, the host is Amanda Holden, and we love Amanda Holden. But Peter Andre, I mean, he's kiss of death on any programme. It'll, it'll, it'll take three hours in makeup, having his hair done. It takes for ages, because he's got curly hair, and so they have to straighten it. And, oh, God, it's just so boring. It really is. And so that's why you don't see him on the television very often, because after the Peter Andre 60-minute makeover programme, which took a whole week 
because it was a bit of a con, you suddenly realise that Peter Andre, I mean, far from pretending to be stupid, really is stupid. He'd never banged nails in before. To actually watch somebody attempting to put something together was almost almost frightening. Uh, 84850. There is no proven difference between so-called diabetic chocolate sweets and normal confectionery. No, you're wrong. It absolutely was. It acted as a, as a laxative, Amanda. I know, because uh, they ended up dropping all the diabetic ranges. It was all dropped. It was all dropped. No good going back five years. Goodness sake. Uh, Alex says, uh, I've just got hold of an iPhone 6 Plus. Love mine. He says, I was wondering if you've got any issues with it overheating. No. No. No problems at all. They don't bend. They don't break. And they don't overheat. So uh, so pa- perhaps you've got a, a rogue one. Had to change fans. He said it seemed to be cooking my ear. Really? I've never even heard of such a thing. Never heard of such a thing at all. Uh, 84850. Steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, our voyage... Just goes on. Jason and Peter aboard the Solstice. They've got 17 days to go. Oh, look, we've got the news coming up very, very quickly. I'll come back to you in a moment, guys, because Bake Off's Sue gets death threats because she was apparently going to be uh, on Top Gear. Well, of course, she's not. She's not been offered any job at all, but she's got death threats which have appeared on Twitter. Very odd. Uh, The teenager dubbed Holly Bin Laden after a teacher sent a bomb hoax from the teenager's email address. She heard her talking about her password. It's a very odd case. The footballer who inhaled the hippie crack is apparently some sort of role model. To who, Master Papers? In answer, to nobody at all. Bonnie Langford splits from her husband. Percy Sledge dies aged 73. And Jeremy Carr's got a new TV show. It's just a rip-off of somebody else's. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. On... This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. It's Wednesday, the 15th of April. I say nice to have your company because I can I can say without fear of anything at all that it's going to be a nice day. It's going to be, yet like yesterday, only a bit hotter. OK. Uh, so I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. They said it's about another week, a week of this. So I've got the car wash to celebrate. That's what you do nowadays, isn't it? Hotter than Athens, they've said. Uh, Bake Off Sue gets top gear death threats. People have said, you know, if you go anywhere near the television, watch your back and that kind of stuff. Generally stupid people. It might have only been two or three. We have no idea. I'll tell you the real secret of happiness this morning. Uh, the politicians are promising you just about everything you can think of. And the garage mechanic who took the car for a ride like a scene out of a movie. We still can't find anybody who likes the chocolate. Even the person who gave it to us doesn't like the chocolate. Oh, and Ted Grayson has sold his house after 16 years. That's nice, isn't it? And you're saying to me, who's Ted Grayson? And I've just told you, he's selling his house. He's lived there for 16 years. It's a farmhouse. He loves it. Why do you think he's selling it if he loves it so much? Because he's been there for such a long time. Do you know that in the 16 years he's been there... 40 vehicles have ploughed into it. He's on a corner. And as they come round the corner, they take it a bit too too wide and they smash into his house. So over the years, in 16 years, 40 crashes. One car ended up upside down in his sitting room. You can imagine why he's decided to sell up and move. Poor soul. Honestly, I feel immensely different. Jason and Peter aboard the, uh, the Solstice. I mean, they seem to be, it seems to be going forever, this thing. Are you sure you're not actually piloting it? 
17 days to go. They say, uh, just left French Polynesia and steaming towards Hawaii. Arriving in five days, looking forward to visiting Pearl Harbour. The passengers we meet in the, in the, uh, the lounge for pre-dinner drinks are enjoying your book. The third passenger has now read it and the growing list to borrow it, our very own book club. My parents, Cathy and Maurice, wake up every morning to listen in to uh, the programme from sunny Chislehurst. Everywhere sunny at the moment. Yeah, the book's doing really well. It is doing really well, actually. I'm really, I'm really pleased about it because it's, uh, it's a nice little read. Somebody said to me the other day, they, they took a copy in for me to sign. And I think it's a lady called Heather. So I'd signed it and it's ready for you to, to collect, Heather. But uh, everybody said to me, oh, I thought it'd be bigger. But it's, it's what they call a pocket book. It's, it's a, a till book, as they call it, I think, in the, in the business. And very nice it is, too. So you want to be a celebrity. And um, Dan says, my wife has diabetic chocolate and other diabetic sweets in her old-fashioned sweet shop in Pool Key. It's called Truly Scrumptious near Pool Museum. I don't do... Oh, it's called the Pink Sugar Mouse. Dot com. The pink sugar. Do you remember those sugar mice you got years ago? As kids, we used to have them. And I suddenly realised the other day that they still make them. But diabetic chocolates. Now, a friend of mine's got a chocolate shop in, in Richmond and they, uh, they, they stopped doing them because I tell people, listen, if you're diabetic, eat normal chocolate. Don't eat tons of it. But it being diabetic isn't going to make uh, any, any difference at all. Uh, the name of the chocolate bar, says Helen, was called Fry's Five Boys. Can you still get it? One of my childhood favourites, she says. And the, the fillings were orange. It's making my mouth water. Raspberry, lime, strawberry and pineapple. Each segment has a picture of a boy bearing a different expression. Like, really? I just thought I had a picture of the fruit. I said, I don't remember that one, but Fry's Five Boys. I think you could still buy it. I'm pretty certain you can still buy it. Pretty certain. Uh, Fry's Chocolate Cream was the mint flavour with the dark chocolate. Uh it was. Yes, and the, the chocolate bar with the six different fillings, he said, was Kaylee Tray. No, there was another one. There were two. There was the fries one, and then there was another one which had shapes, didn't it, on it? So there, there were two, two definite different ones. Two definite different ones. I remember that distinctly. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, Ollie says, I've just heard you mentioning the idea of an in-conversation with David Beckham. Was wondering, have any or many celebrities approached you and asked you to do it rather than the other way round? Um, they always approach us. We, we don't ever approach them. That's how it works. We, we've never approached anybody unless they've approached us first. So they offer themselves. We don't, we don't go to that. We, we don't sit down with a list and go, let's go for that person or this person. The celebrity or their agent approaches us to put them on the programme. That's how it works. And mainly because it's got a fantastic audience, it's national, and it goes out twice on Sunday. And this week, this week, I can tell you that uh, it'll be one of those rare occasions on an in-conversation where for ten minutes I don't say a word. For ten minutes I do not say a word. Even the producer, Beth, has says, my God, can this woman talk? That's Kate Humble, who's going to be with me this... I mean, literally for ten minutes... I sat there and I was looking at the clock... Did you do Kate? You did Kate with me, didn't we, that, that morning? Will and I did that. And I, I remember thinking, I've hardly said anything on this programme, which is quite rare for me, as you know. And the other guest is uh, the actor, stand-up comedian, writer, Sean Hughes, who is starring in The Railway Children. He's playing Mr Perks, incidentally. But no, no, in, in answer to your, uh, to your question, Ollie, the celebrities approach us. We don't approach them. They come to us, and then we sort of put it to uh, to ourselves as to whether or not... We want to do the interview with that particular person. This week I've turned down quite a lot. 
I've turned down quite a lot this week, including Gino DeCampo and Ben Shepherd. So it's, it's there's quite a it's it's quite a quite a, a lengthy process, quite a lengthy process to go through. But we we never approach them. They approach us. And by the way, uh, Jim Dale's people have been on to us and uh, we're going to sort out Jim Dale coming in because he's in London. So we'll, we'll try and sort that out, which is good. Um, uh, one here says, Dan, um, I'm spending my last couple of days in my 30s. Like you, I'm 39. Come Friday, I'll be hitting the big four zero. Lots of things planned, including the completion of the sale of Danny's other property, uh, US, being mortgage free and picking up a nice new car. Another car? He says, well, in the eight years we've been together, this will be car number 13. You go, do you know, I, funny, that you, it's really odd. I must be psychic. I really must be psychic because a, a bus passed me this morning and I thought to myself, I've not heard from Dan for a while on the programme. And I was going to say this morning, where are you, Dan? And so, lo and behold, I, I didn't even have to mention it. It's odd, that, isn't it? Where you, you, you sort of, sometimes I'll be, I'll say to the producer, I've not heard from so-and-so for a while. And then blow me down. Up they come. It, I, I don't know how it works. I've got no idea how it works. Uh, 84850stevenlbc.co.uk. Uh, other things with obscene amounts of sugar, says Steve. Kendall mint cake. Uh, where's the cake bit? And those brightly coloured Asian sweets sold as little squares and coconut ice. Well, coconut ice is just coconut and sugar. We used to make that as kids. My favourite, though, was... Um, and kids like making them now. My godchildren used to like making them on odd occasions. And that's where you get um, either cornflakes or rice krispies in in chocolate, and then you spoon them into cases. They're they're delicious. That's quite nice. That that's a very nice thing to do. We like that a lot actually. Uh, eight four eight five zero. Oh, David in uh, Perthshire. He said, still early for me. Never too early. Never too early, I promise you. He says, you're right about the chocolate. It's the same with sugar-free gum. Just because it's sugar-free doesn't mean to say it's not loaded with carbohydrates, which actually put your blood glucose levels up. Usually people with diabetes on insulin will count carbohydrates in relation to insulin doses. For example, one unit insulin, 10 grams of carbohydrates. Yes, but definite different. Oh, completely different. Completely different. And so that's why your boots drop their range of diabetic food. You don't need to have special food. You really don't. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It was just a way of making, uh, of making money. That's all it was. It was, it was a way of making money out of, out of diabetics and diabetics thinking, oh, well, we better actually start eating this because it's got, you know, diabetic on it. So uh, I never touch it. Never touch it. Um, Kate says, could anybody sustain a conversation with David Beckham for more than two minutes? I don't think so. I don't. Th- I'm not too sure, actually. I'm not too sure. You don't see him very often. In fact, the last time that he actually sort of popped up somewhere, it was with uh, with her, wasn't it? And she did all the talking. He just sort of sits there grinning, inanely. Um, another one here, uh, which says, "Thank you for signing my book. A lovely surprise." Says Sally. Uh, Fern and I had talked about your book, so it was brilliant to receive it for my birthday. Uh, and for your information, the uh, the guy with the dog on Britain got talent. Uh, had or may still have a residency at Le Moulin Rouge. Having seen it a couple of times, it's a good variety act. The guy's a, a great linguist. Yes, I mean, it is the sort of act. He's, he's a professional act. That's what it is. It's a professional act. And uh, and that's why it's very interesting that it should appear on television here under on the programme called Britain's Got Talent. He's not British. And he tours abroad, and I should imagine he's either got a residency at the Lido or Le Moulin Rouge or the Crazy Horse. That's the sort of places that would put on an act like that. Lido in Barcelona or in Vegas, you could have, you know, if you've got a showgirl act, they would have an act like that. And he would probably do it in a number of languages. 
and it would fit in. Oh, you're right, my cherie. Am I right? Like that kind of stuff. I thought that was quite clever myself, actually. Uh, 84850, Steve at Sally says, I think the chocolate's a milk tray bar. Different shapes. We used to get them. It was hard to separate the sections. It was nice, though, wasn't it? Something, and I'm not really a chocolate person. Given, given the choice, if I, was going to, uh, if I was going to eat anything like that, I would go savoury. I'm not really. I'd rather have twiglets. Yeah, I'd rather have a starter over a dessert. I look at dessert. I mean, on the other hand, I, friends of mine will tell you that if I go out for dinner, sometimes I order three desserts because I just don't believe you can have one. I wish all restaurants would make their desserts in miniature so that you could try them all because I, I love, I, I quite like desserts, but given the choice, I'm going to have a starter. And the amount of people who are juicing at the moment, have you noticed? Everybody's either got a Nutribullet or so. Every time they go into Paul Cooper's shop, and they pick up ginger and spinach. I always go, juicer. They go, yeah, how do you know? I said, because everybody picks up the same stuff. Beetroot, uh, everything, and a little bit of ginger and a bit of celery and everything. It all goes in there because people love juicing. But just remember, don't drink too much juice. It's not good for you. Not good for you at all. Stories in the uh, papers today will come round to in a, in a moment, including the sad story that um, Tom Hanks, his wife, has the same cancer operation, a double mastectomy, uh, for Rita Wilson, as Angelina Jolie had. So we'll come around to that a little bit later on. And as I say, the uh, the politicians uh, are promising you just about everything at the moment. As I say, the, uh, there's lots of things you want to hear, and they know what you want to hear, because they've been out and they've done their research. And so they're telling you whether it ever materialises, of course... Is, uh, is highly dubious. It's quarter past five. With Nick and the team at seven this morning, the Lib Dems and UKIP are joining the club and releasing their manifestos today. Education Minister David Laws joins Nick to talk about his parties. Also, Labour are launching their women's manifesto. What do you think? Is that needed or simply just patronising? That's Nick and the team this morning from seven after the morning news with Lisa Aziz. Looking at the papers, Miles Goslett, the freelance journalist, will be in the studio. Um, there was another story in the paper today about, uh, well, actually, it's not, it's not really a particularly interesting story at all. It's just about uh, two, two girls from Made in Chelsea who were stunned to find out they'd both been dating the same person, Tom Evans. Apparently, Ashley James, who's 26, way too old to be on television, and, um, and uh, the other one here is called Lucy Watson. I don't know why they call them... Made in Chelsea beauties. They're both unbelievably plain. None more so than poor Lucy. I mean, dear Lord. But apparently, they interviewed the Strictly star, Ashley did, uh, for Clothes Show Live, and then they dated later. And then Thomas started seeing Lucy. That fling fizzled uh, out in two months. Then Ashley continued with Tom for a month more. And then they all got uh, they got the, the nod from somebody saying, oh, you know, we both dated the same person. And that's their claim to fame. It's a bit sad, really, that Made in Chelsea programme, because it's, it's not actually portraying anybody on there in a particularly good light. They all smack of desperation, really desperation. They might, be, uh, might have had a good education, but when it comes to, uh, to men, they are dumb, dumb, dumb. Um, more things that you're being promised by the politicians. Oh, they're, 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 they're now promising you, one of them, uh, to push through fresh powers to defeat Islamic terror. Well, well, how are they going to manage that? They haven't managed it up until now. They can't stop people leaving the country. They think that by checking the passport it's going to stop people leaving. They won't. They just go through another route. So, you know, they, so they, what, what they're doing, they're saying that, you know, we will defeat the Islam fanatics. How? So far, they've been very successful. 
We've managed to lose girls, we've lost men, we've lost whole families out there. Jihadi John turns out to be a British person. His family live here on benefits. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just, unre- and you, you're going to fizzle that out? How? How is it going to happen? And all this promise about, you know, it's going to be a bigger and a better country. I thought that's what everybody wanted to do for it anyway. Depending on whether you believe it's not a bigger and better country. I think it is. I think it's a great place to live. It's fantastic. It must be. Everybody wants to come here. Must be that good. Um, Bonnie Langford. End of a marriage. A real life split. Uh, She's 50. She cited the unreasonable behaviour of a husband of 20 years, Paul Grunert. They have a daughter. But mind you, Bonnie just refuses to age. You'd never believe she was 50. Seriously, she's got got tons of energy. But then she was brought up to uh, to be good. I remember somebody telling me they w- they were in a show with her once, and and I'm not speaking out of out of school or anything like that. But she would insist on Monday when they all got back on stage after the weekend off. Well, the Sunday off because they work Saturday. That they'd have a workout on stage, and when when Bonnie Langford has a workout, you, you end up exhausted. I mean, she's she's a little Miss Dynamite. She really is. Here's the uh, the Queen handing out the Victoria Cross to a hero para and said, I don't get to give this one out very often. Special Forces Lance Corporal Joshua Leakey risked his life three times in a Taliban ambush to earn the highest honour for bravery. But apparently, despite his courage on the battlefield, gutsy Joshua admitted feeling a bit nervous before meeting Her Majesty at Windsor Castle. And there's a picture of him receiving it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I just hope that he doesn't go the way of all the other people who've got VCs and they end up selling them. That's what happens, isn't it? People end up selling them because they're worth a lot of money. But uh, how nice for him to get that. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Jane Moore in her column today. She's talking about Barry Manilow, rumoured to have married his manager, uh, Gary Keefe. The news has been greeted with disbelief by some of his more ardent fans, with one commenting, Barry would not marry a man, and that is definite. He loves ladies. Yes, madam, says Jane Moore, but there's loving ladies and there's loving ladies. And the fabulous Mr Manilow, one suspects, is very much in the former category. I love that. He loves ladies. Well, he writes about them, but then George Michael wrote about, you know, ladies and all the rest of it. Whereas, in fact, you could have substituted it for men, I suppose, equally. Um, All the fuss about Madonna's move. Why, says Jane Moore. This is at the uh, Coachella thing where she sort of planted a kiss on somebody called Drake's face. And also, this one bypassed me, and I'm a bit disappointed, because in a new book called A Letter to My Mom, M-O-M, American, obviously, Sarah Ferguson (laughs) has written a tribute to her late mother, Susan Barantis, saying, thank you from the bottom of my heart for the life lessons you've given me. Well, how we died laughing, ladies and gentlemen. One of which was uh, abandoning her two young daughters to run off to Argentina with a polo player. Yeah. But, of course, look at the way Sarah Ferguson's turned out. Mad as a hedgehog. Mad as a hedgehog. Letter to my mum. I mean, only Sarah Ferguson would milk just about every aspect. Perhaps she believes this guff. Perhaps she believes it. It's, it's quite slightly worrying. Mind you, I did believe a short while ago that Nicole Scherzinger, after she split from Lewis Hamilton, was heading back to the States to stay over there. Unfortunately, she's come crawling back again. No work over there, Nicole? Or is it only over here that they run you in the papers? Over there, they go, would you like to do a picture of Nicole Scherzinger? And the papers go, who? Only here are we stuck with her. Fern McCann, this is the one from uh, The Only Way is Essex, has teamed up with um, somebody to promote Super League season, which is a bit of a shame, really. 
And uh, Fern McCann, this is the one with the foul mouth. She cannot have a conversation without uttering expletives. It really is. It's so disappointing. She's so low rent. She's so down in the gutter. It's just, you know, just really naff. And so she's publicising netball. Uh, is that really netball? You need to sort of wear this tacky little outfit to do that, Fern? Of course you do. But we all know what a foul mouth you've got. And uh, it's not looking good, is it? Not looking good for you. But never mind, I'm sure you'll find happiness. Oh, £7.6 million. Pound, double rollover on the lottery. £7.6 million. How many years could that see you out for? Quite a few. And the, uh, and the paint. The brick of rock. I don't mind this house, actually. I'm glad. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't live next door to it. But I'm, I do like the idea that some houses... Where's that place? Uh, is it up in Scotland, where all the houses are different colours on the seafront? And they used to they used to film a kids' TV programme up there. I can't remember what it's called, but they're all they're all lovely colours. And so this woman has painted her fifteen million pound house to look like a stick of rock. Ballim is it Ballymory? Yeah, I think it's Ballymory. And that and that looks quite pretty, doesn't it, at seaside? Because if you go down to Brighton, if you really must, um, it's it's all faded at the front. Whereas if they painted them all up in different colours, it'd be nice. Because wherever you get sea spray with salt in it, you get a bar of chocolate and it's disgusting. No, wherever you get sea spray, it eats into the paint on buildings and they look horrible. So the front of Brighton looks ghastly. But this house here is OK. I mean, the owner of it, who is 66, Sipora Liesel, it's either Mainwaring or Mannering, is said to have ordered the paint job after her plans to rebuild the Georgian townhouse were rejected. Oh, she stamped her foot. She stamped her foot and painted it in stripes. Saskia Moyles wouldn't be anybody called, you know, it'd have to be somebody called Rupert or Saskia who live next door. Never be Chardonnay, would it? Says, we all hate it. It's an eyesore. We think the owner did it, so the council is forced to demolish the place. Why would the council demolish the place? I'm not going to demolish it. It's her house. It's worth 15 million. Zipporah didn't, uh, didn't comment. Another, another person said it's like something by the sea. I think it looks OK, actually. Looks all right. I mean, to be honest with you, if, if you're going to buy it, it's still worth 15 million. All you've got to do is paint over it. It's not complicated. But uh, Saskia Moyles is really unhappy about it. It's just dreadful. Dreadful. But uh, I think it looks OK. And it, ha- it hasn't changed the council's mind. What does she think? Council's going to come, unless they're in a conservation area... And, they've, and the council come back and say, you can't paint it like this, you've got to put it back again, otherwise we'll take you to court. But as far as I know, you can have whatever you want down there. It's only if you're within Regent's Park that you cannot paint your house what colour you want. There is a set colour, and if you own a house in Regent's Park, they paint them at the same time every year, I think. I think it's every year. And you, you, you don't have any choice. You can't bring your own painters in. They bring their own painters in, and that's why all the houses look the same in Regent's Park, because it's the same colour paint that everybody gets. And they paint, because a friend of mine's got a house in Regent's Park, and that's and you have to pay for it. It's like 4,000 quid or something. So better make sure you get enough money. Um, selling the, uh, the story of their life is uh, veteran comic Jim Davidson. Apparently, he was so cook- hooked on cocaine that he looked ready to keel over and die as blood poured from his nose at a showbiz party. He, um, it's very odd, actually. I mean, he, he is campaigning uh, against legalising drugs. He doesn't want drugs legalised. And to be honest with you, I don't want drugs legalised either. I really don't. It's bad enough. But anyway, it's bad enough now they're illegal. The very idea that, you know, you could legalise all these things is just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Um, is it a kiss or a miss? After the uh, Madonna thing, they decided to go out there and kiss people just to see what, what, what it was like if you sort of just went up behind somebody and went, like that. Most people would go, police, get the police. 
quick as possible. Uh, who's this? Oh, I must tell you very shortly about the new Jeremy Kyle show. It sounds ghastly, but there again, the Jeremy Kyle show is ghastly, full of ghastly people, and this one will be no different, but I think you've seen it before. I'll tell you about it in a moment. It's 5.30. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. It's 29 minutes to six. It's Wednesday morning. It's going to be another hot one today. Hot. And Jeremy Kyle is to front a new daytime cringe fest. I thought he was already doing that. This one is offering fame-hungry folk medical advice for embarrassing illnesses. Uh, In the show called Jeremy Kyle's Emergency Room, it's been described as a cross between his trashy ITV show and Channel 4's Embarrassing Bodies. And what they're looking for now are willing participants. The programme will start shooting in the summer. How dreary. It's already been done. We've seen it with embarrassing bodies. An insider said, this is, uh, this will be somebody from the production team, Jeremy's used to lie detector tests and working out who slept with who. He doesn't need to work. He doesn't do it. You think he's there for the lie detector test? Of course he's not. He just turns up and fronts this drivel. He wants to help people with their health issues and knows it could expose some interesting stories. What's interesting about other people's illnesses? It's only of interest to that person. You know, the fact that I'm diabetic, all right, there's loads of diabetics, but, I mean, you don't want to see somebody turning up on the television going, I'm diabetic. So looking for embarrassing illnesses. He wants to help people. Jeremy Kyle? Not helping anybody at the moment, apart from sort of some of these chavs achieve notoriety. They say it's an interesting prospect. It sounds as boring as heck. Can't think of anything more dreary. The Jeremy Kyle show attracts some colourful guests, to say the least. By colourful, do you mean stupid? Well, then, you're right, it attracts colourful people. Uh, Channel 4's Embarrassing Bodies, hosted by Dr Christian uh, Jessen, has built up a cult following because of its gruesome nature. Yeah, and also he's a very personable presenter. As you know, he's coming up uh, next week for In Conversation. Just I tell you that now. And they says, uh, Jeremy is known for being pretty harsh and doesn't tend to pull his punches, so it's debatable whether he'll have the best bedside manner when dealing with people's illnesses. God, the programme sounds as dull as Ditchwater already, doesn't it? How boring. I mean, not content with giving us Jeremy Kyle again on the programme. And so now you've got a rip-off of embarrassing bodies. What's the point of that? I don't see the point of that at all. It's just sort of a, it's a bit of a cop-out. A little bit of a cop-out. Um, Channel 5 had to defend themselves yesterday uh, for use of graphic scenes showing Robin Williams' lookalike slashing his wrists in a new film about the late actor's suicide. The autopsy documentary also shows him preparing the belt he used to hang himself in his stepson's bedroom last year. Do we really need that on British television? Do we really have to put up with stuff like that? The answer is, we don't have to to suffer with it. You don't have to watch it. You know, I can advise you about it and then you can go, I don't want to watch that at all. I'm not remotely interested. Or you can sit there and watch it and then at the end go, what a load of old rubbish that was. It's like the Jeremy Kyle show. You know what it is. There's a lot of people who shout at each other. And it's a lot of women who can't remember who they've slept with. A lot of men who've just come out of prison. And so they think that that winning combination of the world's terminally stupid and ugly people is going to work with a a rip-off of embarrassing bodies where he talks about people's illnesses. I mean, what sort of illnesses? I mean, is, is is he medically qualified? At least all the people on embarrassing bodies are medical doctors. They're working doctors. We know they're working doctors. Jeremy Kyle's just a a lame show host on ITV. You don't really know what to do with him. 
it's a little bit difficult. So they're obviously going, should we, should we find another show for you? And he's going, yeah, I'd like to do something different and branch out a bit. It's got the kiss of death written all over it. Uh, well done to Ted Loveday. You don't know the name Ted Loveday? He has been hailed the best ever university challenge star after his triumph. He took three seconds to name Hapax uh, Legomenon as the ancient Greek term for an expression found only once in literature. He's that, he's that good. He's that good. For example, uh, here, you can, you can try this, this yourself, actually. Five of the hardest questions. Which 20th century Prime Minister's Cabinet included that party's previous and subsequent Prime Ministers who served for the whole of its period in office? There you go. Nothing. Not a thing on that one. OK. Uh, Memoirs of a Dutiful Daughter is an autobiographical work by whom? And this one, you won't even understand the question. There's no point in trying to make it easier for you. <laughs> a noun uh, parad- paradigm in Latin grammar. What five-letter word means a silly woman in Mexican, Spanish and a university canteen in German? I don't even understand the question. And the other one, in the long run, we are all dead. The words of which economist? Those questions you can find the answers to uh, in the pages of the Daily Mirror today. Because I don't propose to give them to you now. <laughs> I feel a bit sorry there's a man playing golf. I know that you all like playing golf. He's in Queensland. And he was, he was playing golf on the course, as people do, because they've probably got the nice weather and everything else. And, um, and his ball fell into the water. They had sort of like, they've got sort of lakes and ponds and stuff like that. And um, he, he walks towards the pond and he doesn't see the crocodile, which is sunbathing by the side. Now, I don't know if you're aware, but crocodiles move really fast. They're not the slow lumbering things you think they are. These things can take off like a rocket. Anyway, he manages to walk past it and he doesn't see it. He's obviously going ball, 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 walks past it. The crocodile sees him. And he makes the fatal mistake. He walks back the same way. And that's when the croc gets him. He said, it got me on the way back. I mean, they are a common sight in Port Douglas. And there are signs warning of the dangers there. So he ended up with... um, He was bitten twice on the leg. He was left with deep lacerations to his shin and puncture wounds to his calf. He said, I I think, to be honest with you, he got more of a fright than I did. (laughs) Don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? I would be terrified of something like that. I mean, even even watching people messing about with crocodiles and alligators. No, thank you very much indeed. Oh, more pictures of the dreadful Hillary Clinton. The woman who looks like she's just walked out of a hairdressing salon. Doesn't she? And she wants to change America. Assuming that uh, she obviously thinks Obama has completely destroyed it. I get the feeling, though, she's looking down her nose at everybody. I get the feeling, whereas I don't get that feeling with Bill Clinton. I thought Bill Clinton was sort of quite a normal, sort of, well, as normal as you can be when you're having an affair with Monica Lewinsky. But I just thought that, you know, Hillary is sort of, she's doing this, this, this publicity trail in America and this campaign trail that they go on, this presidential run, and the, the millions upon millions upon millions of pounds that they shove into it makes our lot look as though they're not really trying. Well, they are. They're trying to get as much publicity as they can and push their wives forward and, you know, get them to say nice things. Everybody's a bit more coiffured than they have been. Soul singer Percy Sledge dies the other day after a long battle with cancer. And uh, he shot to fame, of course, when a, a man loves a woman. His agent led the tribute, saying he was a wonderful guy in a terrible business. 
He was truly a standout. He was cared... Uh, he lived in Baton Rouge in Louisiana, and he was cared for at home, and he died of natural causes at about 1am, so he had uh, cancer. He used to go... He, he became a hospital orderly, known for singing to patients during his shifts. Bless his heart. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for raising the bar for soul balladeering for all time. That was in 2005. He survived by his wife, Rosa... 12 children, 15 grandchildren, and a great-grandchild. So, uh, Percy Sledge, who's uh, shuffled off. But it's still played everywhere, isn't it? Still played. Uh, Sonia says the children's programme, Balamory, was set in the real Scottish town of Talamory. Oh, right, they used a different one. I, I can remember... Who was the woman in it? There was a, I, I used to love watching it. But I think I was a bit rude about her once. And her mother wrote to me and said, I'm horrified you've just been rude about my daughter. So it was quite sweet. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. And um, uh, the place, uh, Tobermory on the Isle of Mull with the coloured houses, says David in Perthshire. So it's uh, not Talamory, it's Tobermory, is it? Oh, right. Does it have two names? One of those things that has two names. We used to have a five boys chocolate bar dispensing machine outside the chemist in our village in Kent, says Neil, in the 1960s. I remember just looking at it, wondering how it worked. He said, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, um, lovely uh, for all those things. I didn't know they had a, a chocolate bar dispensing machine. I used to get uh, Payne's Poppets. From the station. Do you remember you'd be standing on the underground station and there'd be a machine there dispensing chocolate and it was five pence or whatever it was. And um, and they had Payne's Poppets with toffee or Payne's Poppets mixed, which had sultanas in chocolate, or you just got the sultana ones. Or I think you just got the chocolate ones. And so you put the five... And then it never worked. You could never get the blasted drawer to pull out. You put the money in so you'd start... Nud- you didn't want to nudge the machine too much in case an alarm bell rang. She'd be standing on the station, she'd be like, the blasted drawer doesn't open. And so in the, the, the train had come in, and you think, I'll get the train. So you jump on the train, and as you're looking through the window at your, at your poppet machine on the platform, somebody come along and just pull the drawer open and, and, and pick up your, your packet of sweets that you paid for. <laughs> it used to drive me mad. It used to drive me mad. Uh, Rod Stewart's eldest son, in his first ever interview. I don't know why, he's, he's of no consequence to anybody at all. But um, his mother is Alana Stewart. She's 69. Six, looks 69, does she? Um, and um, Sean has, has been out. He says, Dad taught me how to get the girls. He's given me the secrets of the young Jedi Stewart dream world, isn't it? The dream world. Because, you know, how to get the girls. It's, it's like, you know, sorry, uh, would you like to go out with me? Uh, no, I don't want to go out with you. Who are you? Brooklyn Beckham. Uh, yeah, OK. <laughs> There's no secret to getting girls if you're Rod Stewart. It's just Rod Stewart. Anybody who's famous, anybody who is remotely famous, anybody who's been on the television or radio, you can. It's it's not difficult to meet people. It really isn't. So in the case of Sean, because he's not really you know a great looker, he's sort of done this. It's a bit of a naff story, really. And uh, he says, "I, I do want to get married. And uh, he says, and have kids now. The most successful thing in the world would be to be the best father. And I learnt that from my dad, who'd done the rounds of just about everybody at the time. But, you know, how to get the girls. You just tell people, my dad's Rod Stewart. End of story. You don't need to say anything else. It's, it's, it's painfully obvious to anybody listening that that's how you pull. If you're famous, that's why even unattractive politicians can pull. We've seen that over the years, haven't we? Uh, so here is the, the property. This is the property 
of uh, of this poor man, Ted Grayson, who's decided he's he's just got to sell up now because he's had enough after 16 years. Uh, cars ripping through the kitchen. Uh, he's got one upside down here. In in 16 years, 40 vehicles have plunged into his home. One upside down. Uh, one got stuck on the wall. And he says, it's, I, I don't sit in the kitchen now. It's a bit scary. His brother, who rented the Tide Farm cottage before Ted took it over, had a biker crash through the kitchen window as he ate breakfast. Ted has been unable to get home insurance since the big kitchen smash of 2006. There have been no crashes since road resurfacing last year, but Ted of Nether Hague in South Yorkshire, who was on Britain's Horror Homes on Channel 5 last night, is still moving out. Rotherham Council said it continues to work on road safety. They don't have much luck at anything, do they, in Rotherham? It's beginning to sound like the pits of the north, I'm afraid. But this, uh, he said, if something bangs, I jump, and I definitely don't sit in the kitchen anymore. Imagine how dreadful that must be. Imagine how dreadful. 40 accidents. Oh, look, a picture of Toss Daly, who they're now called Glamorous. Unfortunately not. Unfortunately not. There's nothing glamorous about the accent either. Billy Joel's going to be a dad for the second time. And um, and I must tell you, this biz- this is the most bizarre story ever of a school teacher, a teaching assistant, who used a pupil's email account to send a bomb threat which landed the girl in a police cell for ten hours. She had her fingerprints taken. The police came round and removed a computer. One police officer said, aren't you ashamed by what you've done? And she went, no, because she hadn't done anything. She didn't really know what it was at all. And, um, and so people started calling her Holly Bin Laden, all because this, this sick teaching assistant, who's called um, Zoe Gregory, um, logged into her email account to send this chilling warning. She said that there's a bomb at the school. Unfortunately, the, uh, the police weren't as bright as they could have been because they should have se- checked the IP address that it came from, which was the teaching assistant's. She'd accessed the password, but the actual email was sent from the the teaching assistants. But this girl went through hell. Her and her friend were arrested, taken to a police station, held for, for hours and hours. You know, they were they were threatened with all sorts of things. People saying to me, you know, didn't you, what, what, don't, don't you regret what you did? Like she did something. The school, of course, have dismissed the teaching assistant, as indeed you would expect them to. And they've apologised and said they can do anything. Well, quite clearly, this woman should never have been employed in the first place. What sort of teaching assistant overhears a pupil's email address, password, and then logs on to send a bomb hoax to the school? Makes no sense to me at all. Quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome along to Wednesday morning. And uh, here we go. 15th of April. Call Clegg tomorrow on LBC. Nick and the team with you uh, a little bit later on. True about the diabetic sweet thing, says uh, Anne. They contain sorbitol, which is a laxative in excess. I woke up just as you were talking about my favourite sweets. Yes, that's why. Fatal. Fatal for us. So don't touch anything that's got the word diabetic on it. It's just uh, just not worth it. In the um, Daily Mail Today, they've got uh, a story about supermarket salads. They say if you read this story, you will never buy another bag of supermarket salad in your life. Farm workers treated like slaves, filthy conditions posing a health threat, and the major stores have promised an inquiry. And it's a story about workers 
uh, picking food for a company which supplies the top UK supermarket. I don't know where it is, actually, but they say uh, these are migrant workers that they're not provided with soap or water to wash their hands. They live in filthy shacks in fields in southern Spain. They claim they're treated like slaves. They say they're made to work around dangerous pesticides, causing some to fall ill. Uh, The firm here uh, is sort of under investigation at the moment. Uh, Those accused of using mistreated workers are under investigation by Channel 4. They've made a programme. And this company supplies salad and vegetables to Marks and Spencers, Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Tesco and Asda. Yesterday, politicians demanded demanded an urgent investigation, saying the evidence was appalling and appeared to show effectively slave labour producing food in 2015. Sainsbury's and Waitrose says they would investigate immediately. Can't we make salad anymore? Do we have to... I mean, what's, you know, why would somebody want to go and buy a bag of... I've never bought a bag of ready-made salad. I bought vegetables, quite clearly, but I've never bought ready-made salad before. I just assume you go out and you buy lettuce and some tomatoes and some spring onions and some beetroot and some celery and cucumber. And you make it yourself. The idea of buying a bag of, uh, of lettuce... I'm not remotely interested in. Uh, This company sells about £22 million worth of herbs and vegetables and salad to all the leading supermarkets. One former employee told how she'd been left in agonising pain and needed multiple operations on her sinuses after working in fields where pesticides were being sprayed. Um... Somebody here, uh, Richard Drax, a former member of the member of the Environment and Rural Affairs Select Committee, said, "If true, these allegations are appalling. It sounds like effectively slave labour producing food in 2015, which is utterly unacceptable." Well, I suggest you can go round the world and find that. Actually, Mr. Drax, I don't think it's I don't think it's that that difficult at all. Uh, it's you know I just assume that most things. I only have to look at the price of it to realise that somebody somewhere is making a lot of money, and you bet your bottom dollar it's not the people who are picking the stuff that they're now trying to sell. Um, I found a lovely house for you. Uh, it's it's quite good. It's not far from King's Cross and St Pancras Station. Uh, it's got you know close by Islington's trendy bars and restaurants. It's it's a fairly narrow house. If I tell you. It's only eight feet wide. That's the house. Uh, It appears to have been built in a gap. Uh, The bedroom is eight foot eight inches wide. The study, four foot eleven inches wide. And in this two-bedroom house with a garden in a place called Barnsbury in North London, which I've never even heard of, it offers 538 square feet of space over three floors. So it's, it's just literally got enough room at the front for the front door and a window above it. And it's going on the market for £750,000. You would think if you had £750,000, you'd be spreading your net a little bit wider than a place called Barnsbury, which I'd never heard of. Even though house prices are falling by £2,000 a month. Still in London, house prices seem to be terribly buoyant. You know, everywhere you go now, there's, there's, you know, for sale signs up. I think it's because people discover, because now you can go onto the internet, you can find out exactly how much your property is worth without even going to an estate agent, because you can find out how much a similar property sold for. They can say, well, there's a property which was in the, is in the same road as you, it's exactly the same as you, and it sold for 630000 You go, that's what it's worth. You don't need to call anybody round to give you a valuation. You know what it's worth to start with, because of the internet. And the thing that we have now, and you probably had it near you as well, is uh, is flat-roofed buildings where they put an extra floor on. So just when you thought you were the penthouse, somebody goes on above you. 
And that's when it all starts uh, going a little bit, uh, a little bit pear-shaped. Apparently, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign budget for 2015 is $2.5 billion. Is it really? 2.5? Well, I suppose if you're flying people around... And uh, and it's a big campaign, and she's got to have a. I'm assuming a permanent hairdresser, and also a permanent. I would think actually she's she's got to have a makeup artist with her. There'll be clothes. There'll be somebody to make. Uh, there'll be quite an army of travelling. I reckon in this in this entourage there could be a minimum fifty people. Minimum. I mean, if if not more, if not more. Uh, Frank's, uh, Francis says, uh, uh, Steve, I went out and I took pictures of the house for you to enjoy. Actually, close up, he said, it's actually not that bad. And so he's very kindly sent me uh, some pictures of it. It's very nice of you to go out and do this at this time of the morning. I'm always very impressed when, when people go and show. Right. Oh. oh, it's all right. I mean, you know, it's admittedly the house next door to it looks classier and the house the other side looks classier. But if that's what she wants to do, if that's her little way of stamping her little feet and, and sort of getting angry about it, well, why not? doesn't make any difference unless they, as I say, unless they've got uh, some sort of ruling in the area that you can't paint red stripes down your white building. They say it's worth 15 million. For those people who see the house in the paper today, you will be marvelling at the fact that anybody with half a brain cell would ever pay 15 million pounds for what looks like a box with windows in it. Doesn't even look classy. That's why she wanted to change it. And she wanted to do dig down because what we do in London is we dig down. You can imagine the noise for the people living next door to this because they're all buttressed together, these houses. They all join on. And she wanted to go down three floors so that in the basement there would be a swimming pool. Then there'd be a gymnasium, a plant room uh, and all sorts. I mean, goodness only knows the neighbours would have been suffering for, I would think, in excess of a year. In excess of a year. Can't think of anything, uh, you know. Uh, Sharon in Stanmore. Says uh, it's my birthday today. It's got to be somebody's, isn't it? I suppose. And uh, she says, listening to you about this stupid boy who fell through the skylight. How about the damage he caused? Surely his parents should be liable to pay for repairs, or is there something else they won't have to pay for? And also agree with the mentally ill having some sort of identification for their own safety, so they can be helped. I agree totally. It's, it's like you know, if you're epileptic, there must be some sort of bracelet you wear saying, "I suffer from epilepsy." In the same way that, you know, diabetes have them. People with all sorts of, you know, if you've got a rare blood group, then you would carry something on you in your wallet or about your person that would show it. And this is after uh, Sham- uh, Shamali Fernando sparked outrage by suggesting the mentally ill could wear wristbands to identify them. I think the, the paper have phrased it deliberately to antagonise you, to identify somebody. It's like, you know, somebody with a blue sticker identifies them as disabled you know, so if you've got a wristband on, you know, I don't look at people's wristband. If I see somebody out in the street, the last thing I'm looking for is a wristband. It's not exactly going to have mentally ill written over it. So it's a little bit of uh, being a little bit sneaky, the papers, by saying it will identify somebody as being mentally ill. Like, you know, having it perhaps tattooed on their forehead. You know, I suffer from a mental illness. No, it's there to help people if they're involved in an accident or something like that. And, you know, they, it might be sort of different treatment that they need. So I agree. Also, the boy who fell through the skylight. This is the parents who sued the council. It's a council-run school. This lad was climbing over the roof with his friends and then they dared him to sort of jump over something or whatever it was and he fell through a skylight. Hit a concrete floor, uh, brain damaged, but they, uh, the hospital spent a small fortune. I've never done the procedure twice. And he's made a full recovery. 
So his parents decided to sue the council for not protecting their son when he was about to rob the place. You couldn't make it up, really, could you? Much as though you have every sympathy for the parents, that uh, his mother has now become his carer, so to speak. And uh, the judge decided differently. The judge decided differently and said, no, you, you will pay lawyers' costs about 150. It could eventually reach about 260,000, because I'm assuming the council would be claiming back as well. So as well as paying their own lawyer. And they, and they said because they'd had burglaries before at this place, the council should be liable and they should, uh, they should make sure that people couldn't climb up onto the roof. Have you know, everything's so stupid in your life. Not being grateful that their son received this pioneering surgery, which has only been done twice and appeared to work, where they rebuilt his skull. They're so ungrateful, they sued the council. But uh, the judge decided differently. Coming up very shortly, the news at six o'clock on LBC this Wednesday morning, 15th of April. You can't believe that Sue Perkins has received death threats on Twitter because it was rumoured that she might have been taking over from Jeremy Clarkson. The Green Party have said they're going to ban rabbit hutches. I have to be honest, I'd never quite thought about it before. I'm thinking about it now. Uh, the owner in the house with the candy stripes. Thank you, Francis, for the uh, for the pictures. Uh, the supermarket salads. I don't know. Why, why can't you just cut a lettuce up? Makes it easier. And the football who inhaled hippie crack is apparently some sort of role model. The real secret of happiness. Jim Davidson opens his heart about just about anything you want to hear. And uh, the Frozen album. Sales have now reached 10 million. I knew it was going to be popular. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. That more is next. This is LBC. Leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Five past six. It's Wednesday, the 15th of April. Nice to have you company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast with you till 6.30. Uh, in the papers for today, Bake Off Sue gets Top Gear death threats. The real secret of happiness. Percy Sledge has died of cancer at the age of 73. Jeremy Kyle's got this new TV show, which isn't so much a new TV show. The Frozen album sales, £10 million. And I will tell you the story of the garage mechanic who took his car out for a ride. The problem is, it wasn't his car. It was somebody else's. And the footballer who inhaled the, uh, the hippie crack is apparently some sort of role model to young people. For what reason, the paper asks. The answer, no reason at all. All of that and more on the programme this morning. I trust you well. Nice to have your company. Uh, everybody's saying exactly the same about the, uh, the boy who fell through the skylight and the parents who wanted to, to sue the council for not making... I mean, you couldn't really make it up, could you? We, we've had this sort of situation before, and the parents obviously thought that they could uh, do it. I mean, Alan says, read the man on the roof. When going onto roof to, main, uh, to do maintenance, workmen must use crawler boards or crawler ladders. Well, this bloke was up there with his friends. They were breaking in. And, and being dared to jump across and do various things was the thing that got him into trouble because he fell through. But he got very, very expensive surgery. I mean, very expensive surgery. I wouldn't like to imagine or calculate uh, how much money the NHS has spent on him. And uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, the parents should be charged for it. If it's something like that, why should we have to pay for this life-saving surgery? Which must... I mean, I wouldn't like to imagine what it costs. And then they had the audacity to sue the council for making sure their son couldn't go up on the roof. Surely that's up to them, isn't it? Quite clear if you've got a tea leaf for a son... Something like that happens. That's why they'll have to pay this money. And it could go even higher. The other story which makes the papers is the teenager 
who had to close her mother's shop to detain a shoplifter for three hours until the police arrived, only for them to let the shoplifter off with a caution. Bit of a shame here. Uh, Katie Cope says she feared being assaulted by the agitated woman after police repeatedly refused to give her an estimated time for their arrival. So she closed the electronic shutters on the shop. It's the only thing she could do. And then when when the police arrived, um, they, they said, oh, they just gave this woman a warning. The police said, can you drop the case against the girl responsible because she offered to apologise and pay for the shirt she stole? It, this must be the fifth time I've had to deal with a shoplifter. It's in Nottingham. She's owned this uh, backlash store for about 33 years. She said, you know, it's just it's not on, is it, in this day and age, when somebody comes in and thieves from you, and then the, the thief turns around, only because they were caught, and goes, oh, I, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll offer to pay for it. No, it's, it's, not, it's not really enough. As far as I'm concerned, I think we're looking a bit more because, you know, had she not been stopped, then she might have carried on thieving and she might have carried on taking stuff from all these other people. I mean, it's terrible, really, isn't it, that people just don't care. Nearly passed out, says Jim, the other day when asked for £25 for the doctor to sign my mother's passport pictures. Yes. Is it, is it £25? I'm not too sure exactly how much it is, but it's, uh, it's well worth it. Is it, well, I think doctors, they, they, they don't make enough money. So, some doctors, it's a little, it's a sideline, isn't it? So here he is, Raheem Sterling, 20, 20, refusing a £100,000 a week contract as his wild lifestyle puts his career at risk. He fathered a daughter at 17. He can't remember her birthday. And he apparently is some role model. As the paper says today, this is what's wrong with football. This buffoon, this idiot inhaling nitrous oxide from a balloon, and he's age 20. Does he have a brain cell? I shouldn't think so. That's what's wrong with football today. Badly behaved footballers. The real secret of happiness is in the paper today, and uh, happiness for me... Do you remember I told you the story uh, about a week ago of going in to uh, John Lewis and to the Estee Lauder counter, and I was trying to buy two bottles of Intuition which is my favourite set. I've only ever worn Intuition for men. I've, I've tried other things, but that was donkeys years ago. And I wanted two bottles, because if you bought two bottles, you got a free gift. Well, the girl hunted high and low to find the second bottle. She couldn't find it. She couldn't find one. And we were sort of standing there. There's a woman having a makeup done. Anyway, it, it turned into a very funny experience, but I ended up buying two, two uh, a, a pot of very expensive eye cream, and I bought this other stuff, and I relayed the story on air. But anyway, lo and behold, yesterday, Courtney from downstairs uh, says, by the way, there's a little, a little parcel for you from Estee Lauder. I thought, how lovely. And now, there's a person I would have loved to have interviewed. Estee Lauder, I think, would have been a very, very interesting woman to talk to. Anyway, from, from their PR team, they said, sorry about the wait at the Estee Lauder counter. So they've sent me uh, some eye cream and a bottle of uh, Intuition. It's nice, isn't it? It's what I like. People are so nice. People are so nice. No, I haven't got through the bottle you bought me for Christmas. Had to get his six penneth and did it. Listen, I gave you chocolate. For goodness sake, this morning. You should be grateful. Nobody's liked this chocolate. I wish I could t- tell you which company it was, but other people might enjoy black truffle and sea salt, but it's not for us at all. The, what, what is the real secret of happiness? The real secret of happiness at the moment is trying to find politicians telling the truth, I would have thought. But top of the list, and, and, and I suppose if you think about it, it's it's fairly good. Sleeping in a freshly made bed. 
That's quite... You know, when you say on a, on a Friday, you go, I'm going to change the sheets today or change the duvet. That's what people like. That That is the secret of happiness. Must be very easily pleased. Um, also, popping bubble wrap. I think they must have sat down at the Daily Mail with a bottle of, of El Plonco and decided what they were going to do. Feeling clean after a shower. As opposed to what? Feeling dirty? Finding a bargain in the sales. That doesn't... That's not... That's got nothing to do with happiness. I don't think I've ever found a bargain in a sales. A long, hot bath. No, not really, because after it goes cold, and then your hands go all wrinkly, and you don't look so exciting, do you? Bacon cooking in the morning. Ooh. That would be a, that would be a treat for me, to have a chef permanently living in. And, uh, oh, you've, have you tried the chocolate? Oh, Clive's tried the chocolate now. This is, this is the black truffle and sea salt. So far, it seems to be going quite well. He's looking as though he, as though he quite likes it. Is it? Oh, do you quite like it? Really? You're the only person we found. Everybody's tried it. We've all had a lick of that chocolate bar. And you're the first person... <laughs> I think personally we've licked the salt off. You're the first person who's actually in- enjoyed it. Have you had that thing before, though? Have you had chocolate with salt before? Oh, you like dark chocolate? That's the mark of... That's a, it's a bit X-rated, isn't it? Quite, quite bitter. You'd think I'd be eating chocolate, wouldn't you? The amount of bitterness I seem to have. But I just... I don't like it with salt on it. I think it's perhaps it's the perhaps it's the black truffle. I don't know. One of the people who tried it said, "Oh, you can taste the black truffle." I couldn't taste the black. I just tasted the salt. I wouldn't know what black truffle tasted like. <laughs> we're, so, we're so bad round here. Squeezing a spot apparently is the key to happiness. Squeezing a spot. Oh dear, no. Dreadful memories, ladies and gentlemen, of going, of go. I nearly said going through the menopause, going through that sort of puberty where you sort of you get a spot just when you're about to go out on a date and you go, oh, I've got a spot coming up. And then uh, my my poor cousin used to have a little implement going a bit way back here. I know I'm doing it from memory. The fact I wrote notes down and he had a he had a metal thing with a hole in it for sort of squeezing spots. Whereas I used to do it into a tissue paper. It was all horrible. It was all too, too vile for words. Uh, getting a seat on the bus, the train or the tube, apparently, makes you feel happy. Oh, well, I never thought about it like that. The smell of a new book. My book smells new. My book smells new. Um, stepping on autumn leaves, crunchy autumn leaves. Well, how often do you do that in London? Not very often. Remembering the name of something or someone you thought you'd forgotten. Always a miracle, I think. Always a miracle. The on, I always, we always joke now, don't we? We always go, a senior moment. A senior moment. That Friday feeling. That makes you feel good. That makes you feel good. Turning on the radio and finding something that you like listening to. Hello. That'll be me. That'll be me. Playing with a pet. I like the... Actually, just going back to the bacon cooking in the morning. That's quite a nice one. I can remember... You'd be lying in bed at home and your mum would go, breakfast would be on the table in a minute. You'd go, oh, I can smell that bacon, can't you? Up the st- Oh, something lovely about that. Waking up before your alarm, apparently, is the secret of happiness. I promise you it's not. <laughs> I wake up before the alarm every day and I promise you it's not the secret of happiness. Or exercising. Now, I do know people who exercise. I do know people who absolutely love exercising. I personally have not quite got to that stage at the moment. But uh, one day I'm hoping to achieve it, ladies and gentlemen. One day. It's quarter past six.